podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Joining me on this bank holiday is a very, very special guest. It's Friend of the pod and all-round good, good egg, Mr Kevin Thompson. Hello, Kev. How are you doing, mate? Hi, David. How are you, mate? I'm good. How goes the coaching this weather? How goes it's, the academy? It makes things a tad easier, doesn't it? There's nothing, uh, I suppose there's nothing more pleasing getting the kids running about in the rain when it's cold. If you can get them enjoying it in the, the rain, sleet and snow, then you've got half a chance when the sun comes. So um, It just makes everything a bit easier, doesn't it? It makes obviously the pitches easier. It's, the kids are happier. The younger ones can obviously stay warmer that wee bit longer. So... Um, there's nothing better than being on the pitch when obviously it's sunshine. Aye, rather than of course the usual thing in the dead of winter here when it's uh, pushing me rain. Well, I, I like the rain to be honest, David, because you can't slightly tackle when the pitches <laughs> are bone dry. So um, I quite I quite like when there's a wee bit lush on the grass. But when you're coaching in it and it's peeing down with rain and blowing a gale, then it can be unenjoyable at times. So when this nice weather comes, we we try and make the most of it. Well, we'll come to that in a minute, but before we, we get on to your coaching at the moment, let's chat about Rangers, played at the weekend, obviously, and continued this good run of form. Away to Tynecastle, not the easiest place normally for us, Kev, but for some reason, Rangers have had a, a fantastic year against Hearts. Is it a tactical thing, or do sometimes players just get in their heads, ah, oh, we're good against this mob? So, uh, sometimes you do have that, David, sometimes there is that. That feeling when you have teams that you always perform really well against. Um, at my time, we used to always have a good record against Kelly. So I was a team, even when I was at Hibs, it was a team that I, I enjoyed playing against. I always seemed to have good games. And also, was the big pitch at, at Kilmarnock, obviously, used to always be a grass pitch when I played. Um, and there's always the games that you look forward to, just teams that you maybe personally, and there might be a lot of the boys that, that um, have had good performances against that. So it's when that fixture does come around to them away, they, they look forward to it. But I think the biggest thing for the boys is um, you know building a wee bit of momentum. There was that wee starting part that, that people come under a bit of criticism, um, obviously off the back of the old form, etc. And, and saying that, there was, there was quite a lot of products off the back of that as well, but I just think we, we're Celtic obviously pushing that wee bit in front. Um, there's always a negativity at our club because second is, is no good enough. That's just the way it is. It's, it's not my rules. It's just the, mm. the, 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 the way our club is. It's what's demanded of you as an individual and as a, as a player. So... Um, but to, to get the momentum going uh, and obviously looking forward to, to the next little form and they're having a wee sturdy start you know what I mean they've, they've scraped through they've last minute goal against Hearts last minute goal against Dundee, United, uh, Dundee sorry no um, no against the High Bees so I think if the boys can keep on putting pressure on them and keep on building that good feel factor whether they're successful at the end of the season or it's just building momentum pushing into the summer then it can only be a positive at this time of the year, you've, you've obviously been in loads of clubs um, of different sizes and whatnot. but at this time of the year does it weigh on players' minds, maybe, oh, I need to show something here or I might be at the door in the summer? Is that something that, that occurs to a player? Well, it, it, it probably does to, to certain to certain individuals, David. I, th- I, th- I think the biggest thing for the manager is he'll be expecting that edge every day, um, whether it's coming in for pre-season, first game of the season, midway through the season, after the winter break. You know, that's I think that's the type of personalities and the type of characters that he wants in around the place that that every day is a hard day and every day you're there to try and be the best you can be so that then puts pressure on everybody else if you've got the jersey and you've got that edge then it puts a lot of pressure on the guys that are, are sitting in the wings to try and get back in the team so it just creates a real good buzz and around the place um, and a real competitive edge which is which is what you need so 
I, I think there is personalities I've come across them individually that, that guys they do you know hit the ground running when it when it comes to the end of the season and it is that kind of time where that one that you're not quite sure of sometimes changes your opinion and then you end up giving him a contract and then he lets you down next year it's just it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's no position that I envy for the manager regarding you know which players he's, he sees long term at the club and, and which players he doesn't and, and obviously the new blood that he's potentially going to bring in but um, I think for a club as a whole um, the, the, the more momentum you can build leading into the summer um, the, the feel good factor was unbelievable obviously when the manager was announced one you know he had mm, like 10,000 fans at Ibrox to, to greet him um, so he'll know how special this place is and he'll want to try and create that buzz around the boys finishing up at the end of the season whether it's successful or unsuccessful to, to come back in re- and ready to go come pre-season When uh, Alfredo got suspended um, there was a, a I think right well we'll see a wee bit more of Jermaine Defoe and since he's come into the side the team seem to have changed the way they're playing a wee bit and seem to be playing a wee bit more through the middle less getting the ball wide what what have your thoughts been on his performances since he really came into the team as a regular starter? Well, look, I've, I've, I've said it since day one, and um, you know, class is permanent. You you never lose the quality that he's had right through his whole career, and, and that's evident for everybody to see. Look, of course, he's he's at the wrong end of his career age wise, um, but his experience and his quality is always going to be there. Um, the only thing what happens to a football player is you never ever lose your quality. You just Unfortunately, your your body starts to deteriorate in the speed wise, and you know the the capacity ability to train every day, play every minute, every game. These are things that just unfortunately come to everybody. But I think Jermaine individually, um, I think I've seen something pop up. His stats just just the other day, the games that he's been involved in, the goals that he scored, the assists he scored. I think it's it's under nine hundred minutes of football. I think it was it was like eight hundred and something minutes of football. Um, obviously, coming on as a sub, starting and getting taken off, etc. So. I think individually he'll be relatively pleased with what he's produced. I think like anyone at our club, you're, you're always expecting more of the people. Um, I think Steve Davis is starting to show everybody that he's the Steve Davis the old. And look, he ain't going to be the 25-year-old Steve Davis that everybody's seen before. But I think the more he plays, and it's the same for Jermaine, I think both of them at this stage of their career, when they do get momentum and they do start playing and training every day and playing every minute every game, then it certainly can help them. And then ultimately that will hopefully help the managers and the team. No, definitely. And Scott Arfield's been a big player for us this past month. He seems to be playing in a new, well, a slightly different position from maybe earlier in the season, and he's had a wee bit, maybe less to do defensively since Stevie Davis has come into the side. I think he's probably, he probably, it, it reminds me a wee bit like Kenny Miller. I, I know that's a bit, because Kenny was a striker, but when I watch Kenny play for, for Rangers Davy over the past few years, and I know the fans have got mixed, mixed opinions of Kenny, but I used to see him when I'd done a lot of TV coming deeper in areas that he probably wouldn't need to come in here if he was playing with a level player that would pass him the ball when he, when he should be getting it. Um, and I don't mean that disrespectful to any of the lads, but I now see Scott Arfield doing a wee bit the same, uh, maybe holding his position a wee bit further up the park to, to hurt opposition rather than being um, you know, that wee bit nervous, say maybe the ball breaking down and being in a position where he maybe has to get back. Um, I do think that, look, Alfredo Morelos, I'm a huge, huge fan of him, so but, you know, it's hard for when he's back for suspension and you'd like to think that he's, he's going to play a big part for the club but I do think not having him gave, gave Scotty that wee bit more licence and a wee bit more freedom um, to go and do his thing and, and, and ultimately Scotty's thing is, is really really effective No absolutely he's, he's been fantastic lately one thing I wanted to ask you about because you went through this as a youngster in your career is Rangers have obviously been linked in the last week with John Suter from Hearts and he didn't have a good game on Saturday I don't think many Hearts players could could say that they did but 
how does that affect you? Because you, I mean, it seemed to be about 18 months of speculation for you and it was Rangers, Celtic, English clubs, etc. Does it begin to weigh on your mind or do you just go, nah, it's Saturday, three o'clock or whatever, right, put that to the side? It, it never, ever, ever, ever crossed my mind to, to leave or to think it pastures new and I, I don't know what happens. Um, you know, for me personally, it was, it was one of the things that, you know, it was a wee bit sour in the end, which was a frustration and still a frustration for me to this day. You know, I would love to have left, left on, on better terms, but unfortunately it never happened that way. But, um, it's, you know, you say things that you regret and, um, you know, you, you maybe fall out with, with certain individuals, which is, is always a regret. You know, you'd like, I like to be very respectful as an individual. So, um, you know, the, the last thing you want to do is, is, is kind of leave on a sour note. But that, that was kind of in the end for, for me at Hibs. Um, but up until that, then, David, you know, we being linked with different teams and, and having different opportunities without actually saying, right, I can go. Um, through that kind of year, maybe 12 to 18 month period before I did leave, um, it never really crossed my mind to leave, and I just thought it would naturally happen. Mm. Um, but when I was then put in that position um, where it was kind of make or break and you had to choose, it was it was quite a nerve wracking and, and surreal experience, you know, jumping in the car and, and driving, driving through to meet Club Doc and obviously Martin Bain, the chief exec at the time, to to then agree a deal um, which ultimately gave me the next stage of my career, whether it was moving to, to Rangers to hopefully win trophies and, and be part of players that were on bigger salaries, international football players, um, you know, playing in front of bigger crowds, bigger expectation, whatever way you wanna you wanna build that up. So um, it was it was surreal for me, but probably up until that last couple of weeks, David, I, I just kept on concentrating on playing footy. Um, so John Suter, anybody that's any player um, in Britain that's linked with obviously the club they have to keep on doing what's right for their current club and, and keep on being professional and keep on producing the goods and um, if that's a bridge that John Suter Hearts and, and Rangers want to cross then um, he has to continue to be professional as he possibly can and keep focused and doing his job for Hearts Absolutely now you you mentioned there something I wanted to ask you about because you mentioned they're playing back at Rugby Park and they famously for years had the best pitch in the country but we've seen this season a fair bit of controversy about plastic pitches. Rangers lost Jamie Murphy for the season after a game. I think he's been a big miss. And uh, other players, according to the PFA, have come out and said that they're not a fan of these pitches. What are your views on them? Um, my views are... Look, I was lucky I never got to play them, David, to be honest. It's... Um... Obviously, with my knee injuries, etc., and, and, and my body obviously, you know, shutting down on me quite early doors, and I'm only 34 now, so I'd, I'd like to think if I had a, a healthier body um, and never had as much bad luck with injury, I could, I could still be playing now. Um, but ultimately, you know, having knee injuries and, and having the, the problems that I did have as an individual, then, um, you know, playing on plastic pitches certainly wouldn't suit me. Um, I just think that we talk about promoting our game and, and talk about you know how good our game is and how much it's flourishing and, and I think that's a lot to do with social media at times you know the, the, the magnitude on the game now the coverage that the game gets obviously with BT etc with Sky Sports so um, you know and even things like this you know a lot of fans groups and, and people getting together and, and trying for the good for the good of the game whether it's just the good of your individual club or just everybody collectively I just think it's great that, that the current crop of players are getting that opportunity to be exposed the way they do um, but as for promoting the game playing on plastic pitches is, is something that I'm against you know I'd, I'd like to see every top flight or as many clubs in the country albeit I know there's different implications through finances etc but I'd like to see every club 
in Scotland, especially for the Championship through to the Premier League, I'd like to see them playing on the grass. Eh? Nah, it just I know it's an easy target, but you see some of the pitches and it does change the games. You, you know, if you're watching a game every week, you know when your players are affected by it. Well, when I look back and think of the boys playing at Hamilton, and Hamilton's obviously new. Uh, we played an 18s game on on the Friday night um, a couple of weeks after the first team had played on it. Um, they watered it. It was slick. It was obviously poor. You could you could ask for a better surface, and and to be, to be even though Hamilton were, were poor on the day when I think it did it finish five that day or four, five, yeah. four or five, five. Um, Kyle Lafferty got the last one, didn't he? He did. Um, so when I watched the team play and I look how good the team were on that great surface, I thought. Brilliant. The, the difference is, is within however long it takes for that surface to deteriorate, which that surface will be there for probably the next eight to ten years mm. through financial obligations. You, um, you know, having to get your money's worth out of that current pitch, however much these pitches cost. So it's great that when they're brand new and, and they're nice and slick and they're wet and maybe playing on them once once a blue moon. But as for playing on them every week, um, and then obviously the deterioration in them certainly makes them um, nowhere near as good as they are when they're obviously. I don't know what their lifespan is, but. Um, short term if you play one game on and it's nice and slick and it's been watered then ah, you can get away with it and, and the good teams will pass the ball on it but um, ultimately if you're playing on it every week and it then starts to deteriorate and all these community stuffs that are on it day and night it just it just doesn't bode well for me I wanted to talk to you a wee bit about Ryan Jack and something the gaffer said on Saturday because it reminded me of yourself um, back in the day which was the gaffer was bemoaning how he doesn't seem to have had as many Scotland caps as seemed reasonable, and that was always something that was spoken about when you were at Ibrox. We just we couldn't figure it out, you know. There you were rampaging all in Europe, and yet there were these. No offence to them, half wits keeping you at the Scotland team. <laughs> What's it like? Is uh, I mean, does it bother you as a player, or or are you just like, ah, if it happens, it happens. Well, my situation was obviously the manager wasn't that keen on me playing for Scotland. Uh, probably trying to protect me and protect my injuries and my workload and. You know the way I trained. You know I left everyone on the training pitch every single day. So um, the manager was probably, um, even though he had to go, <laughs> me, me and Scotty when he was the, he was a Scotland boss about us pulling out a squad or whatever. And then when he obviously there was the manager Rangers and I was there, he was yeah, I think he was quite happy for me not to play. <laughs> um, so I, look, I, I, the biggest frustration for me for Ryan is, and I've, I've spoke to Ryan quite a few times recently actually, just bumping into him. I done. Um, obviously the, the the new Hummel photo shoot etc for the new kit obviously there's been speculation of what it looks like etc I've got inside info for you Davey <laughs> is it nice you like it is it good uh, it gets nice it gets it's, it's brilliant Hummel do a brilliant job so um, but obviously look it's top secret It's uh, but I spoke to Ryan because I was in there obviously doing the, the, the coaches stuff while Ryan was obviously doing the first team stuff so um, and I spoke to him about expectations and, and the standards and you know that like I wish the way he was speaking was the way I was speaking and, and I was giving him a bit of advice and what it was like when I was there and um, I'm saying like this is the type of advice Ryan I give I give the boys in the youth team the boys in the 13s the 14s the 15s I said I just wish that they would they would take it so I'm standing speaking to someone that we're talking about that's having a great season now he's proper kicking on he's looking at like a proper Rangers player we're talking about him he should be in the Scotland squad every time it's, it's called the managers he's kind of he's obviously he's a go-to player isn't he really oh, yeah. He's, yeah. He, whenever he gets back fit he's back in the team he relies on him a wee bit in the middle of the pitch um, there's been different rotations in there but Ryan's pretty much always held his position so um, that's how much the manager thinks of him um, and I'm trying I'm, I'm giving him a wee bit of advice thinking that he's listening to me and looking at me and I agreeing with me and I'm trying to then say that to the to the kids it's it's a, it's a challenge but on a Ryan Jack note he's, look, he's, he's starting to flourish as a player and he'll, he'll probably like any player want as much accolade and as much 
um, recognition, i.e. internationally playing by supporters, etc. Because that's what that's what you want as a player. You want that recognition when you feel as though you're doing well. It won't overly bother him that he, he's not got as many caps as he would like, but I'm pretty sure deep down, um, if you ask him if he would like to play for Scotland every time there's a, there's a fixture, I'm pretty sure the answer would be yes. Probably no last month, right enough, considering how it went. <laughs> sometimes it's good to miss him. Uh, some, sometimes it didn't do any harm, though, to be. I'm sure as he watched him in Kazakhstan, he was maybe a wee bit like, nah, I'm all right here, thanks. Aye, aye, aye. This cup of tea tastes nice on the sofa. Aye, I, I mean, that, that, that was brutal, in all honesty. So I was like, sitting watching it going, oh my God. Um, but moving on then, you, you brought it up there, perfect timing. The coaching, you've been... Um, uh, uh, Ibrox for a well, uh, Hummel Training Centre, sorry, for a wee while now, and moved up to the the under 18s who are having a hell of a season. They're a, they're a, they're, they're a talented group. They they, they they really are, and, and I, I mean this for the bottom of my heart. I, I don't want no credit for the under 18s. Um, I tell all the lads this. I try my very very best for them. Um, if they want my advice and they, and, and they believe in me and they respect me, which I'm pretty sure the majority of them do, I will I'll try my best for them. But it's about them. It's not about me. Um, it's about... I've told you this before. I, I, I genuinely couldn't give a monkey's about winning a youth game of footy. Um, I'm happy to say that. I tell everybody that I'm not, I'm not bored. I want the lads to win because you need to win at this club. It's, it has to be in your DNA. But every kid wants to win. Um, but the biggest thing for me is how, how many of them can we get into the first team? How many of them can we present to the manager? Um, and, and then contribute to his team, contribute contribute to his squad. That's that's the, that's the only reason I want to be in there. It's the only reason I drive along there, mate, every day um, at the crack of dawn um, to get in there to try and make a difference. So ultimately, look, I'm proud of the boys. They've, they've had a good season. They've won a lot of games. I think they've, they've only lost one this season. Um, we've got Celtic and obviously the cup final on Thursday night live on the telly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm pretty sure a lot of the, the Bears will... I'll tune into that and watch the lads because it's a closed-door match um, at Hamden and, and they beat us last Friday 3-2 so um, it's a challenge and I've already told the lads that, that that I was lucky that I never had many disappointments against them um, but the, the one time that I did get beat off them we had already won the league in it, and, it, and it hurt me for a week <laughs> I couldn't sleep after it you know what I mean I felt sick I felt you know that horrible feeling so um, I told them that, that getting beat off them that last Friday ruined, ruined my weekend it, it ruined my, my week so they have to they have to hopefully have that feeling and then the good thing about being a footy player is there's always another opportunity another game to try and put it right so um, you know the one thing the manager said to me not that long ago which has stuck with me you do feel a wee bit isolated you do feel a wee bit vulnerable when you're standing on the touchline because ultimately you can't do it for them Davey so then um, look the manager was a far far better player than me so um, when I stand on the touchline you do have that wee bit of vulnerability you do feel a wee bit isolated, but I always tell them it's it's not about me, it's it's, it's about you, and it's about how much you want it individually and as a team. You know, you need to be selfish, you need to be individual, but ultimately, um, the best players are great teammates, and the best players are ones that stand up and be counted when the big games come round. So, so there's a challenge for you. Is that maybe something Rangers have lacked earlier this season, or the one or two guys who can drive on the team when they're not playing well? Aye, possibly, possibly, and and maybe. The current squad, um, you know, apart from really Griegsy, um I know Lee obviously won trophies in, in the lower leagues, but he's obviously not, not been that involved with, with obviously match day stuff. And um, but when you look round the squad, there, there, there hasn't been that many boys within the squad. You know, better me off the top of my head, I can't even think of many that have that have won titles and won trophies and just just and the one, across really just, just the ones you just the ones you played with Steve, Steve Davis and Kyle Lafferty really just uh, well, I'm forgetting about Lafferty. Um, so really, apart from two or three, whereas I was, I was lucky. That, you know, you're one of the most iconic Rangers players, really. You know what I mean? And Barry Ferguson, 
Um, you know, I don't know how many honours Baz has got, but he's certainly had plenty in his back hip by the time I joined. So when you've been over that that kind of distance and you've and you've won titles and you know that feeling and you know the feeling when you start to get like old saying the squeaky bum feeling when you start to get to the business end of the season, whether you're in front or you're just behind, because it's a different motivation. It's a it's a different mentality that you need when you're the front runner and you're out in front and you need to keep on winning games. And then it's the opposite when you're chasing and you're you know you're going into games knowing that you cannot get beat, um, or else you end up throwing I mean, you end up throwing the league away or whatever it may be. Different scenarios, and I, I was lucky to be in, in kind of both of these scenarios. But even if I wasn't, you know, I had the governor as a manager and I had I had. Um, I had people like Baz that had done it, seen it, wore the T-shirt. So if ever you were looking for people to to kind of see how they went about their business and try and follow suit, then then Baz was kind of the perfect example for us. Eh? Oh, absolutely. And uh, that, that's, I think, one of the reasons why we're all quite enthused about the likes of yourself being at the HTC is the fact that guys that, that are there that know, A, what it's like to play for us, but B, what it's like to play for us and succeed, because that's a different thing on its own. Aye. You know, I, mean, I, I try and tell the lads, Dave. You know, I, you know what I'm like. We've, we've done plenty of things. I, I try and look them in the eye and say, "Look, lads, it's, it, it is the best job in the world. It's, it's, and you, to play at this club, you'll never get us a more special feeling, and you'll never be able to emulate that anywhere else if you can be successful here. It's impossible because of the magnitude of winning trophies and going back to Ibrox, the the recognition you get for being an old firm player." Um, the, the the kind of going back to Ibrox and for, I think there was like 30, 40,000 at Ibrox when we, when we won the leagues you know you go back and walk around the stadium and right. think where's all these people come from <laughs> you know what I mean it was, it was it was crazy so it's and it's until you've done it and sampled it it's, it's hard to try and give guys a realisation of how special it is um, but I'm, you're trying to tell them that through experience and you're trying to tell them that like the extra yards you do the selfishness that you have the staying back and doing a wee bit extra the the, when training is poor and it's a bit complicated or it's blowing a gale, it's pissing through the rain, you have to find a way as an individual to do everything for yourself. That doesn't mean being a bad teammate, and it doesn't mean being disrespectful and, oh, I'm not doing that because I don't think it's right, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's knuckling down. It's biting your lip at times. It's getting on with it. It's picking your heat down and, and seeing where that hard work can take you. Whereas we do have too many that that penny hasn't dropped for yet. And mm. I can only try and keep on reiterating to them that getting into that first team and staying in that first team um, is, is a real, real hard thing to do. So the sooner they realise it, um, the the better for me because we've got too many players, David, right through the age groups that cause our badge, whether my mum runs the academy or no, or my missus, <laughs> our badge dictates having the best players. That's the way it is. That's the way it is. Our, our badge demands the best. Even if we were a shambles, we would still get good players because it's, it's the way it is because our badge dictates that. Our badge represents something that nobody else represents. So we get kids through the door off the back of our badge. It's up to us to then try and push them and find the right types that are willing to go that extra yard to try and push themselves into Steven Gerrard's team. And that's that's the only types that I want to try and help to progress as far as they possibly can to hopefully one day... Um, and then I'll, I'll maybe take a wee pat on the back and enjoy my cup of tea and a bit of chocolate on the sofa if, if I see a Josh McPake playing in the first team scoring goals and, and, and lifting titles that's that's the only time I want to pat the back I saw some of the boys at the youth tournament in Germany close up and I was impressed not only by some of the levels of performances because there's some real skill there and they were up against you know the top youngsters in Europe and they were competing no problem 
Um, but the the way they conducted themselves off the park as well um, on that trip, they were a credit to the club because there's a bit in your head, you know, I'm there with all these German guys and their players are all walking about, you know, really regimented. And I thought, oh God, if they're anything like I was when I was 18, they're all going to be out <laughs> on the batter. But they really weren't, they were good lads. But the, it's that gap, isn't it? It's that thing between, we seem to have really good players in Scotland, I'm not just talking about Rangers, but that compete well up to a certain age and then for some reason get lost between the ages of 18 and 22 because football becomes unreal Davey that's that, that's the problem and that's, that's something that we actively are trying to seek bigger challenges harder opposition but I think everybody's in the same boat um, I watched the the reserves play um, Hibs a couple of Mondays ago they were 2-0 down after 20 minutes or whatever and they won 3-2 Stevie Kelly scored late on terrific free kick Um and I know what I've seen, David. I've seen a real game of football. You had to fight for it. They had to defend corners. They had to stop by kicks. They had to deal with throw-ins. They had to they had to deal with free kicks. They had to deal with bad tackles. They had to they had to fight for it. They had to. And, and I, I was buzzing. I couldn't get <laughs> monkeys what the score was. I was buzzing. I was just watched a real game of football. So I seen no fluff. I seen no real fancy coaching. I seen. I seen Hibs had good players, you know they had a, a right strong team through, and we had good players. But I've seen too many games where our lads could go to Magaluf for a week and come back, and all due respect to the opposition, they could beat them because they're the best players. That's, that means nothing to me. I, I I I want to challenge these players. I had a boy yesterday without naming him. He trained with a younger group, and when I put him in the teams at the end, um, I made him play against four players. So it's three v threes, but I put four on his pitch. <laughs> I know why I laughed at him I said no why you're going three today why because you won't make it beat no because I want to see you struggle <laughs> I want to see you struggle and he just laughed and he's a great kid he's a great kid and, and they won 4-3 four, 4-3 three. Four, three, even though I gave him an extra 5 seconds because they went 3-3 three, three, and then I, it was like 10 <laughs> seconds to go but it wasn't really I was desperate for him I was desperate for him to succeed through his effort um, they won 4-3 and then they won 5-0 um, pub team come across rubbish they were um, humped the boys and then the last game they got beat 4-2 and I finished I walked off the pitch and the only person I could think about even though I love all the last bits was him because I was just buzzing off seeing him struggle and that's that's what we need to try and create every day every game um, because us turning up and winning 7 or 8 now or 10 now is, is, a, is a waste of our talents timing aye they're not learning they're not learning they're not, they're not learning and it's great look the kids need to win and it's great but my point being is that We've got first team players that. How many games have we lost this year? Oh, uh, I think six, five, four or five, I think. Let's say, let's, let's say five, right? I reckon we will have boys that might not have lost five games in two years. Because they're the best in their age group? Aye. Right. And that's great, because you think, oh, I imagine you could get them to the first team, but it's not the same, eh? Because of it's no experience of dealing with the disappointment. Aye, 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 aye. it's not the same. They, they, they have to, they have to suffer to get better, in my opinion. You have to suffer that disappointment, that that horrible feeling, and it has to affect you. It has to affect you in a positive manner that you want to know have that feeling again. Um, the problem is, is we have too many lads that don't have that feeling consistently, and that's not creating them to get beat all the time. It's just finding a way for them to struggle. Finding them a way to find teams, opposition that that really, really tests them, really, really puts them on edge. That, in my opinion, that's what will help us close that gap between kind of sixteen, seventeen, and nineteen and twenty to put more players towards the manager. 
No, it's brilliant. No, I, I, fant- you're right because it's a tough environment once you get into that first team. I mean, the it's, yeah, it's the hardest place. Look, it's easy to get there, in my opinion, because you get there through talent. And not too many boys have got talent, but but see staying there mm. and see becoming like what you've just said. The difference between playing for Rangers and being someone that was successful at Rangers is totally different. And look, you could be a really, really good player, a top top player, and play in a poor Rangers team and not be successful. That's different. But see if we're talking about collectively getting guys in the first team that have got the right mentality, the right individual drive, the right skill set in their mind to cope with disappointment. Because that's what happens. Because see if we win 15 games in a bounce and then we get beat off St Mirren. I'll tell you how hard it is. <laughs> it, <laughs> is a, it is a struggle. And that's the way it is. It's not my, it's not my rules. It's no. just the way the club is. I've been one it's of the guys uh, sitting in the stand giving you abuse for the one you've lost. <laughs> than the 15 that you've won. <laughs> That's just the way it is, it's, it, 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 and it doesn't bother me. Because uh, see, if you try and fight it, you're fighting a losing battle. So just embrace it. Embrace knowing that even if you're a top player and you win ten games in the bounce at our club, and you win the treble, and you lose a game against Inverness through the week, you will get slaughtered for it. Mm. It's the way it is. That's it's just life. Change. But the good thing is, the the good the good part at the end, at the business end, when you've got your hands on that trophy, the bit tells you that you've been able to cope with that disappointment because you've no it's not affected you you've went on and won more games you went on and produced the goods right up until the end of the season whereas if that Inverness defeat or whoever that team may be um, that if that defeat affects you and results then go through a sticky patch and you're then, you're then unsuccessful at the end of the season then that's affected you as a player 100% it's affected you as a team as a, as a group of players whereas the best ones when that negative comes along can kick on and win their games eh? oh yeah absolutely and that was what made your team so successful the just the ability right. to, to continue kept on to going. do that we, we, we didn't know what defeat was because we had a manager that, that gave you the desk there <laughs> that, that you're that shit scared to lose a game of football <laughs> that, that you would do whatever it took to, to win um, and we did have disappointments I still think you get beat I got the hairdryer over at Kevness after being like classed as one of the, the best Rangers teams in the club's history at one stage going for a quadruple six weeks later after having a, a, a summer holiday and coming back in and getting beat over in Lithuania we were all shite it's just the way it is but we, we managed to bounce back we went to I think we started off at Inverness and then the Hearts at Ibrox and they two games were, like, were big big hard games you're looking at them thinking oh, we're going up to Inverness and winning we're beating Hearts but all of a sudden getting knocked out of Kevin you're like Oof, we need to beat Inverness we need to beat Hearts mm. um, and it was a different mindset it was a, it was a, a different nervousness going into games knowing that um, off the back of a disappointment you had to kick on you had to win games of footy and, and luckily we had a group that could cope with that that that, that demand aye, aye. Oh, that's, that's, that's what's placed on you for playing for me it's, look see if you want to be at a club that you can you can get beat every every now and again and, and it's not that it doesn't really matter and you didn't need to be winning titles then play for Rangers <laughs> well I think we'd agree with that just before I let you go today, Kev, um, just because you're well of football and I wanted your take on this, um, the title race down south is getting, I mean, getting silly now with the, the way the two teams, it's like Real Madrid and Barcelona, they're just, neither of them are, are losing. Who do you think that the two of them are going to come through maybe and, and win this? Well, they're, 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 they're both my, they're both my go, go to coaches, um, Poch and Pep, they're, they're who I class as the best. Even though I love Klopp as well, but but um, Poch, Poch and, um, and and Pep's obviously with the, the the game through the week, the Champions League game was was breathtaking, and mm. obviously then City beating them again, obviously in the league. But 
but for whatever reason, I, I did think, and I don't know, I don't know why, and it, it's, it's no disrespect for him because obviously he's an amazing manager, and I could only hope to to one day ever be as good as him. But I've just got a feeling that that Klopp is going to fall at a hurdle. But every time I said, I said it to my fair-in-law yesterday when we were sitting up on a barbecue that I thought banana skin the day for them. Um, my way to Cardiff, um, live on the telly, I'm thinking they could they could drop points today, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. So um, when you look at Pep Guardiola. Pochettino and, and then and Jurgen Klopp, you just think, wow! It just they take your breath away how how well they've managed to to create their teams, the style that they play, and and, and they're, they're both right at the business end. Obviously, Liverpool and City, and, and like you say, they're just not letting up. They're just I don't know how how they keep how they keep no, on going, especially with having the Champions League and juggling obviously four competitions like what obviously City have done. With, with obviously already winning winning the first one um, and having the FA Cup, etc. to come, but. The, the the kind of mental toughness within the groups and, and as individuals must be must be right at the top of the tree. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how it pans out. But if I had to pick one um, to be successful, I would I would want Man City one. Um, I might, I wanted to ask you about this. Um, Manchester United. I watched yesterday. Um, I have a, a Everton are kind of my English team, if you like. And uh, and you'll be a happy man yesterday. Then I couldn't quite believe what I was watching because Everton <laughs> are, um, have been mainly rotten this season. Got beat off Fulham last week. I mean, Fulham for Christ's sake, right? Uh-huh. And um, United were dismal. And they actually when I flick, I only seen bits of it, but when every time I flicked on, it looked like. The um, the teams had the wrong strips on it. Ah, oh, it was exactly. And I, I, was, thought I, was, I thought I was watching Everton as United. It, and, and it was so bizarre. <laughs> and I just and the the commentator said, you know, that's six defeats in eight for United. Were you surprised that they made Solskjaer the permanent manager? I suppose for look at that's why I'm so desperate. Obviously, one because I want the club to do well, but I, I'm desperate for the manager to do well so that you know, like it gives younger managers with, with less experience big opportunities at big clubs. Um, so, so Solskjaer is one that you know I'm delighted that United recognised what he'd done to start with. But I, even though he was doing great and rightly so, they've they found him a role, albeit being the manager. I, I was surprised that they maybe didn't have him part of the setup and and, and had maybe brought someone else in. Um, but to, to give them a three-year contract, they put, I would say, all their eggs in one basket. Because a club like United have to be a bit like our club. Do you know what I mean? They have to be up there fighting at the top of the tree. So um, they're going to need to spend money. And, and now that they've gave Solskjaer the reins, that that money that's going to be invested in the squad, whatever way he wants to to spread it around, whatever he sees as as parts that need strengthening, then he's going to have the the keys to that treasure chest, isn't he? So, mm. um, what money? It's it's it's, it's, well, it's that's what I'm saying. You're not talking about a couple of million there. You're talking like millions and millions of pounds. You know, mm. what I mean, he could spend in excess of 150, 200 million easily. Right. Um, so he's he's going to have that reign. And and the the unfortunate thing for the rivals at the moment, with you know the Liverpool teams going nowhere, the City teams going nowhere. Um, I'd imagine Chelsea will get stronger. Spurs are going nowhere. Do you know what I mean? They spent any money last year and they still got a good team. So. So really the onus is on United getting it right because if they get it wrong for a second or third time like they have done on, on previous times then the 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 road is never ending mm. um, because United need to be they need to be challenging for titles they need to be challenging the Champions League so um, it's interesting um, I'm delighted that he's been given an opportunity because like I say it's these guys that are getting big opportunities at big clubs um, as, as, as hopefully one day going to be my route um, but it's, it's, it's a surprise that um, they maybe never thought um, between the lines and thought that you know that giving them the rain means that he's going to have to spend all that money potentially and, and maybe having someone there alongside them might have been uh, maybe, maybe a different option for them eh? they should have went for your boy Poch 
Well, I, I thought they would have got Poch before they got Mourinho, but um, they, really what they should have done was they should have went all out to get Guardiola if they wanted to, to get back to a united way and have a, a legacy. Because Pochettino's and, and um, Guardiola's are legacy coaches, in my opinion. They leave a brand to what they can play. I, mm. I get that Pep spends all this money and he can, if he wants a right back that can play inside and, and pass it forward and blah, blah, blah. If he wants a goalie that can kick it the length of the pitch, he can go and spend 50, 60 million on these type of players. I get that. But you cannot take away from how he plays and, and, and how he sets his teams up and you know how they are out of possession and how they are in possession. You know, like but a coach's dream, really, even though I get that they're the best players. They couldn't go and do that way. All due respect, um, a junior team. Do you know no, what I mean? no. Um, but 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 his 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 ideas and 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 what he says and and how he does stuff and even just how he conducts himself. I just think he's he's, he's, he's total class. And, and and Pochettino, in my opinion, is the same. Whereas Mourinho was just all about winning trophies. There was no real style there. There was no. I was defensive and he was tactically very astute. He was a put out fire type coach. But he's. I think United have always been one of the clubs. And, and I might be wrong because I'm not a United fan, but. I just always think United were always one of the clubs that promoted youth, promoted, promoted kind of um, like they were kind of more a European signing team, weren't they? When you think of like some of the top players, they've had like Yap Stams and mm-hmm. and Nusroys, and then you like your back. They, 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 they weren't really like gone and signing Brazilians, obviously Ronaldo, Portuguese. They, they seem to like do really well in the European market. Um, I'm not saying they've not got the loads of European players, but I just I don't know. I just I just sometimes think clubs, their history, the way they are, you need the right type and a certain it needs to be a match made in heaven. That's the kind of gist of what I'm trying to get to. And I, I just, I think United could have a style that could win them the title, but United fans wouldn't be happy if that style didn't suit that club. If that makes sense. That, that, absolutely no. That, it was one of the things I think that they, they prided themselves on. And, and you're right, it's something that Liverpool are the same, and you've got to play. A, Rangers are the same. There's got to be a certain. With us, we we love heart and drive and spirit as well in our side. So. It's digging out the results, and every club's every club's got one. Just before I let yeah. you go, then today, Kev, uh, that was uh, uh, the reason I wanted to talk about that was you know your coaching philosophy. Um, tell us a wee bit about your academy. We've heard about your what you're doing at Ibrox, but you've also got the the Kevin Thompson Academy. And tell us a wee bit about that, and obviously how people can get in touch with you. The well, that's going great, David. It's, um, I'm, I'm a wee bit greedy in the respect of when we've we've built up to what we've built up over the last couple of years just through sheer sheer endeavour and hard work and um, you know a big commitment to the kids and, and vice versa you know a brilliant commitment for parents to bring the kids along so we've um, the one thing that I've never done um, which now I'm starting to see is a not a negative but a, a wee kind of dip is the respect that we only ever took business on that I could coach so my working week would only ever be I would never send any coach to any club to make me money um, the only way we would be able to go me and Jordy, my full-time coach, on a Tuesday night as if we went together. Um, obviously, when I did take on that role, Bonus being a big supporter of the club and one of my first, um, I spoke to the chairman and told him that he's a big blue nose, so I knew it would be a no-brainer that I was obviously going to take <laughs> on this full-time role. Um, and then obviously, look, I totally understand if that commitment to, to, to booking sessions, etc., isn't there anymore because obviously I'm not able to commit to them, but my role will be Wednesdays off, so I could change a couple of your sessions a month to a Wednesday and I would still commit to that because... I appreciate you helping me, me out way back at the start. He was one of our very first team bookings and, and kind of exclusively booked us every Tuesday. So um, so the, it's going great, David. The, the problem is, and I'm saying this in a, without it being a negative, is that if we got up to 40 private clients a week and now all of a sudden we're doing 35, I just see that as a negative because 
I'm not there and we're not keep on moving in the right direction if that makes sense um, we've got 60 kids in our two classes they've been full for over a year which is brilliant we've got no scope to get any more in but our private stuff's one of the ones that we can start an hour earlier or finish an hour later when we keep on getting new, new, new blood in but we've probably not made that big a push even though we've just had our Easter camps um, to try and promote getting getting new ones in because um, we're full on Saturdays but it's Fridays and Sundays we've we've got a wee bit of scope to, to get new ones in but um, as I say, with me having that new role, it just makes it less me being on the pitch 24-7 and, and obviously having to commit to going through to um, the training centre five days a week. So it just makes my, my time within my academy a wee bit less, less limited. So that's a wee bit of frustration. But we're still plodding on and um, we still love, we'll love all the kids to bits and we seem to get good results. We've got a few boys that have obviously went through to Rangers, etc. So um, we feel as though we create a good pathway for kids that, that cannot kick a ball or, or kids that are... Um, right, right at the top of the tree, like elite kids. So um, we care as much for the kids that can't kick the ball as we do for the good ones. So and that's kind of the philosophy that's behind behind my academy. Just want to, I want kids to love football as much as I do, David. I know how hard Kevin Watts, folks. He doesn't sleep. Uh, it's, it's, it's remarkable. <laughs> I've got an unhappy wife. I know that. I can't imagine. I mean, he's, he's constantly on the go. Give him a follow. It's at K Thompson Academy on Twitter, and you'll be able to see the results of his coaching and the amount of happy parents. So, if you're thinking about getting a, a few sessions in for your youngsters, that is very much the place to go. Kev, thank you so much, buddy. Thoroughly enjoyable right, as baby. always. As always. Take care and um, get us get us a couple of players into first team next year, eh? Top man, that's that's the only drive, mate. That's the only day. That's why I drive along there every day. So if I can't make a difference, then I, I genuinely wouldn't want to be at the club. So, so fingers crossed, I can keep working hard and, and trying to make a difference to the youngsters. Podcast Network.